0: Hey this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Also in the scriptures we've seen that there's 215 verses on faith, 218 verses on salvation. 2,058 verses on money or resource. When Jesus came to the earth, he spoke more about money, resource, generosity than he did about heaven or hell or faith or any of those topics we, we, we would have thought he would have spoke more on. So I want to dive into a little bit about that and why is that a deal. And so then the kind of key verse to this whole series is really in Luke 11 and twenty it says, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the Word of God and put it into practice. And so you might be going to church your whole life, but it's meaningless because you never actually do anything about it. The power of God is not in you because you hear it, but you don't do it. The power of God can only be released in us when we are obedient to the Word. Can I get an amen? And so if you're walking around frustrated at why is God not using me? Well, maybe you need to ask the question, am I actually obeying the word? Or am I just attending or just maybe praying surface prayers? Am I actually asking, hey God, what do you want me to do? That's a dangerous prayer. And the reason I believe we don't pray it is because we're afraid of what God might say. Can I get an amen? I don't know about you, but I'm always a wee, wee bit nervous when I, I go to ask God a question. Hey, what, what do you want me to do here? Because I know it's potentially going to be something that pushes me out of my comfort zone. Um, and so, you know, the majority of this series is taken from a book, The Blessed Life, by Robert Morris, Gateway Church. And it's just phenomenal. Uh, you know, I was always a giver, a tither, putting God first as I, as I knew best. But, but this is kind of taking it to a new level, a new layer and I really, I'm really, excited about what God might be able to do as I understand and obey what I sense the Holy Spirit leading me to do. And so this this message is called mammon question because, mark because in this scripture that I'm about to read, um, the word mammon, mammon is mentioned three times, but I'll just pray before we start. God, I thank you that you're here I pray, God, you speak through me right now. God, we thank you for your word, which is eternal. And we ask you to move in our hearts, show us your ways, and soften our hearts. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Everyone said. Amen. Text two, text two. Okay, and Luke, if you've got your Bible, you can get it out. If not, it'll be on the screen. I encourage you to take notes. Uh, it's just really important that we get this stuff into our head and our heart. Uh, and so let's, let's go ahead and read in, in Luke 16. It says this, uh, verses 9. Here's a lesson. This is Jesus speaking. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and to make friends. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk about friends later. Is it to buy a friend or what is Jesus talking about? Th- then when your possessions are gone, what's this? They will welcome you to our, our earthly home. No, an eternal home. He's talking about eternity. He's speaking about not just life on earth. He's he's speaking about the big picture. If you're faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? So what is the true riches of heaven? Jesus, God sent His Son Jesus to die for for what? For for resources, for for material, for your house? No, no, Jesus came to die for who? People. What are God's most prized possession then? What does He value the most? People. As a church, one of our values is people are our priority. Why? Because people are God's priority. So true riches are people. And so what's being said here is if I can't trust you with the temporary possessions I put in your hand for a season on earth, how on earth can God trust us with people? Because they're much more valuable. They are eternal. Material possessions only last as long as you live on the earth. Listen, has anyone ever seen a Herst trailing a house? Have you ever seen a a, a trailing driving with, with a house on, on, the, on the back end, on a trailer. No, why? Because you can't take it with you. It's not going with you. It's staying right here on earth. While earth still exists. Um, the true riches of heaven, and if you're not faithful with, with, with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So so some of you might understand this or know this or not, but actually the English language is very limited. There's only about 5,000 words in the English language. And if, if we take, for instance, Greek in the New Testament, which majority of the New Testament is written in Greek, there's 20,000 words in Greek in the vocab of Greek. So, so the problem with that is there's going to be words that we read in the Scriptures that have English words that aren't accurate. And so this is one where, where Jesus has spoken about, and the, the translation we read in English is money, but actually if you go to, to the actual word that Jesus used, it's called mammon. And so mammon uh, isn't money as you think. It is money. Actually, mammon is a word that was used four times in the whole of the New Testament. And three of them are in the scripture that I just read in Luke 16. So Jesus is trying to use a very specific language to get a specific point across. So we want to understand what in the world is mammon then. You never go to the bank and say, hey, I've got 500 mammon, so, so, so if you do, um, don't do that again, because it's not a language that we use. It's not understood. It's, it's, it's what is Jesus actually talking about. So the first thing I want you to understand is that mammon is not money. Mammon is not money. Mammon actually comes from the Aramaic word, which means riches. So it's kind of close. It's along the same lines, but, but there's something different about this word mammon. It originates from a Syrian false god named Mammon. So that's its origin, that's where it began, that's where it started. Um, but, but we also must understand that God is not anti-money. The Bible says, like some of you you know, uh, for the love of money is the root of all evil. It's, it's the, the connection to money, it's the connection to resource, it's the connection uh, to, to maybe your house or whatever's in your hand that's, that becomes unhealthy and destructive. In the same way, it uses the word love. Love is often talking about a connection. So maybe some of you love your iPhone or your Android. I don't know how that's possible, but I'm sure you love your iPhone at least. And so because you love it, or maybe you love a person, or you love your family, there's a strong bond and a strong connection. The problem is that if you have an unhealthy bond or love or or connection, obsessive, then what happens is it can begin to, to, to cause dysfunction to enter your life. And I believe Jesus is starting to talk about mammon or riches in that way. In this scenario, he's being very specific about the language. So, what is mammon? Mammon is not money, um, but but in the same way, when you connect to someone, you don't just connect to their head or their heart. There's something even deeper than that. When you when you love something, there's something that, that's driving you. The very first thing that drives you is your spirit. Actually, Jesus talks about how uh, when he uh, and even all throughout the Scripture it talks about in, in the New Testament that we're to be led by not what we see, but by something much deeper, the, the, the what? The spirit of who? Of God. The Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be spirit-led, not, not, not led by our fleshly instincts, which is a spirit, but, but it's our own natural spirit. It's our own selfish spirit. We're to be led by God's spirit. And so mammon, It's the spirit. You know, know, but one thing, let me say about when we get into spiritual things, sometimes people go weird. Has anyone ever met a weird Christian? Maybe some of you are in the room tonight. (laughs) And so what can happen is we can veer off the wrong way or maybe off the pendulum we swing too far to the left or too far to the right. And I get it, I've been there. I hold my hand up. I've over-spiritualized things in the past. And, and, and sometimes, and you think because the, the light keeps going red as you go to work, oh, there's a demonic, there's there, there's a what? There's a demonic spirit attacking me because the lights have all went red, or maybe your Wi-Fi just cut out, your 3G or 4G cut out, and you think there's a demon in the Wi-Fi, so I need to pray against the devil. He's after me, or, or maybe everyone's fallen out with you, and there's, they're all there's demons in them all those people because they're falling out with me. And, and what can happen is you over spiritualize it and actually miss the point. No, actually, you're maybe just being an idiot, or maybe the Wi-Fi just went down, or, or maybe the lights just went red. Maybe maybe the tire just burst. Maybe it's not. A demon. Now, now, let me qualify that. So, so what do you believe then? But we believe the Bible. And the Bible does say that, that our battle isn't against flesh and blood. So, watch this. Um, it says in Ephesians 6, verses 12 to 13, "...for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of a dark world, or the, this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil." in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So our battle is spiritual. Everything you do and the why behind everything that you're doing is spiritual. The deepest part of you is spiritual. It's not something that you see. It's something that's deep within your heart. The spirit was always designed to lead you. But you can go with the spirit of man your own natural instincts, your own natural ways, or you can go with the Spirit of God. You can live for for your life just right now, which the Bible says is but a vapor. It's gone in just a a moment. Or you can live for eternity, for a bigger picture, with different sight, by a different spirit. We actually see a story uh, about this kind of thing right at the start of the the Bible in Genesis um, 11, some of you have maybe heard the story of the Tower of Babel, or Babel, and this is a story where man, the spirit of man decided to build a tower to heaven, and so the, the, the spirit of man was telling him, let's build a, a, a tower to heaven, let's try and get what God would give us our way, and let, let's get so hot, Ian, it's getting hot in here, is anyone warm? Got to keep us awake. (laughs) I'm not just going to say it's a demonic spirit that everyone is sleeping here. I'm not going to blame that. I'm just going to turn the heating off and let the Holy Spirit come into the room. And so we see this story in the Bible The Tower of Babel, and and, and they're trying to build this tower. They're trying to build it, become great, as the Bible says in Genesis. And they're trying to make a name for themselves, trying to build a legacy. And what actually happens is they get so high, God comes in and confuses them because they were trying to do things their own way. And all it done was it led them to a place where there's destruction. It led them to a place of confusion. Maybe tonight you're in that place right now. You've been trying to do things your own way. You've been holding tight. The grips are tight on a situation that you're in, and you don't really want to ask God the question, what should I do? Because it mightn't be your way. But listen, God's way is always the best way, but often sometimes it causes us to be vulnerable and open up our grip and open up our hand so that He can actually come in but in the end, it leads to clarity. But in the end, it leads to the true kingdom of God living on the inside. In the end, it produces life and not death. And this is what Jesus is trying to get across to these people. Listen, don't, be, don't, don't, don't fall into the trap of mammon. Don't fall into the trap that, that these riches will make you happy. Or if you can get a certain amount, you'll be fulfilled. Don't, don't fall for the trap of mammon. It's a lie. Mammon is the spirit. So some of you might be saying right now, if I could just have this job or, or, or this kind of resource or this kind of car or this kind of house or this kind of job or this, this kind of bank account, I would be happy. It's a lie, mammon. You'll never have enough. Mammon. It, see, see, what mammon does is it over... I can't say that. That's the point later on. I'm jumping ahead. Slow down, Phil. I'll come back to that. See, what I would say is this. When Jesus was on the earth, and we read through the four Gospels, this is what we see. Jesus is going to purr people. He's going to, 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 to people who are sick. He's, he's visiting people who are obsessed and have all kinds of idols. He's going to people who are in sexual sin. He's going to all kinds of people in all kinds of situations. And not once, even to poor people, did he offer them money. Not once did he offer them earthly treasures. Not once. So this tells me something, that the solution to humanity is not found in earthly wealth, in earthly riches. But he does say that you can use it to make friends that will change eternity. He does say say that you can use it to bring the kingdom to earth so that people can come into the kingdom. But he himself never offered it to people who were hurting, who were lonely, who were broken, who were in need of healing. Money was never in the equation. See money is always trying to take God's place. Mammon is always try- sorry not Mammon is always trying to take God's place. It's a spirit. It's, it's, it's the opposite spirit to the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it wants to become an idol in our lives, and we've got to find ways to protect ourselves against the spirit of Mammon. That's why there's 2,000-plus verses. It's serious. We've got to get serious with what, what we're really worshipping. got to get serious about what we're really obedient to. we got to get serious about what we're really putting our trust in. Is it really a job? Is it really a, a certain amount of financial income? Is it really that stuff? Is it really, if I could just get a car, I'll have peace? I'd suggest to you, what's this? Say say we were praying tonight for somebody who's maybe struggling with addiction of some sort. Say, say someone's addicted to gambling, right? And they're going to Vegas. <laughs> and say they went to Vegas. I like Vegas, by the way. It's a good spot. But, but say they're going to Vegas and they've got 10 pound to spend, right? Well, 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 uh, and there's maybe addiction, maybe a drug addiction or maybe there's a gambling addiction, right? And obviously uh, with 10 pound, you can only do so much damage. You can only buy so, ma- so many drugs, You with me? And so, because of that, there's limited damage with ten pound. Say that person said, "Oh, if I could just, I wouldn't have." The reason I have this addiction is because I don't feel worthy because I don't have much money in my hand. You know, I just don't have peace because I'm just, I'm just poor. And so, the solution, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go into gambling or into addictions if I could just, if I had a good job, if I had maybe a thousand pound in my hand, I wouldn't need to gamble because I would be content. Some of sometimes that's the way we think. The problem is, if I'm over here with a thousand pound, I can buy a lot more drugs with a thousand pound, right? I can buy, I can gamble and put myself into a lot more debt with a thousand pound. And then what if we take a step further and you have ten thousand? Well, we're talking about survival now. We're talking about, are you going to be so destructive with what's in your hand that you might actually die? You see, what happened over here was because you weren't faithful or your mindset, you weren't surrendered with the 10 pound that was in your hand. Well, Well, actually, all this happened as you went along the journey of getting more resources, things got worse. Why? Because you're the same person here. You've surrendered to God uh, to the same level, to the same amount, and so because your first step is not surrendered, so is your second step, and so is your third. And see, see, I would argue with you that that if you're thinking, oh God, I would serve you if if my scenario was different, I would argue you wouldn't. Oh, if I was just brought up in a better family, I would be serving. No, you wouldn't. If if I just had better friends, I would serve you. I'm not sure you would. It might help, but but it comes down to a personal decision. You see, you replicate when we put fuel on the fire, it just replicates who you already are. When, when we have more resources, it just replicates who you already are. When you have more in your hand, you're just replicating. So if you're a generous person and you get more and you are surrendered and you have released the grip on that area and you have an eternal mindset, then guess what happens when you have the thousand now? You have more to give. I don't know about you, but, but, but if I was a generous person and I, had, I was a multimillionaire, I would be giving money to the person who has got it in their heart, even if they just have 10 right now. I would be Why? Because I know they're going to help more people if I give it to them. In some ways, I believe that's what, what Jesus is saying. Not just with finance, with your gift set. Maybe God's got some amazing gifts on the... Well, he does. He's got some amazing gifts on the inside of you. But but until he can see a surrendered heart, he can't let you destroy yourself. Not just destroy yourself, destroy others. And so because of that, God's waiting for you to surrender. And at the other side of that is more opportunity. And there's overflow, just like the picture of the water. All you need is a cup. Everything else in the overflow, you can give away. Can I get an amen? And so you see, if we just talk about the Word of God and we don't do it, then then there's no trust. God can't give you more. Your hand is closed. There's no access to your heart. The gifts cannot cannot begin to develop in your heart until there's a humble heart where you bow the knee before Jesus. And you say, God, I'm actually going to trust you. And I'm going to obey your Word. And so, so I wanna explain this in a simple example. If Ian, if you come ahead on up. So Mammon is always trying to take God's place, but you cannot serve two masters. Who can I pick? Everyone's putting their head down. Don't pick me. Sean, come on ahead and up, big man. I on, put her hands together for Sean. Sean doesn't go to the gym at all. <laughs> He's never been on a bench press. So you face me, Sean. So what's going to happen is, Sean is the man in the middle, and me and Ian are, are the two masters, okay? And, and, and right, I'll be, the, I'll be the, the evil spirit this time. And, and I was switching up this morning, it was the opposite. So Ian is now the Holy Spirit. And, and so we're going to ask... Sean, to do some things, and then uh, you've just got to follow, follow the lead, and, and, and just obey. You've got to fully obey, right? Fully do, not just hear my word, but you need to fully obey it, and you've got to also fully obey Ian's word, because if you don't fully obey it, then, then it doesn't work. And, and so, Ian, if you want to start. Sean, Sean, come over here. No, go left, go left, Sean. No, Sean, Sean, come back, come back. You've got to come back. No, no, Sean, you've got to go towards the box. You need to be at the box. It's so important if you don't... No, Sean, don't listen. He's talking. So, so you, see, you see, Sean has actually not really got anywhere because he's stayed in the middle. You see, a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. They're unsure of themselves. They don't know whether they're coming or they're going. God has designed you to be led by the Holy Spirit... But The problem is if you 're if you 're him and Han and i 'm not sure, listen the, the Word of God is your weapon you 're in a warfare, a spiritual warfare, as it says in ephesians six, and if you you him and i 'll go to church here i 'll go to church there i'll read my Bible here if you don 't take it serious there 's no results you 're sitting in no man 's land frustrated why is it not working i 'm not sure god 's even real well. I understand why you're saying that, but, but what, what if you give God a chance and actually just took him at his word? Come on, put our hands together for Big Sean and Ian. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve two. See, see, it's funny, isn't it? Jesus decided to use the word mammon when he talked about you cannot serve God and money. He was talking about this spirit. It, it wasn't about the possession that, that was physical in our hands. It was about the spirit that was living in our heart. It was about the spirit that we were surrendering to. That's what Jesus was talking about. Maybe some of us right now, we're not seeing fruit in our life. We're not, seeing, we, we're not experiencing God's peace. Well, maybe what, what if we're not just listening to the Word of God and obeying it? What if you actually tried that? out? We actually had an amazing group week this week, and in our group, we, we, we heard a sermon from Jimmy Evans, and it was just phenomenal. I loved it. I learned something as well as I hosted the group, and, and uh, he talked about this was really interesting, that, you know, a lot of us, we get anxious at different times of the day and of the week, and he actually says, if you... If you ask yourself, when is it I get anxious? When is it that I worry? When is it that sin comes knocking at the door and gets into my life? When is it that I'm sending text messages to certain people that I shouldn't? Is it when you're busy? Is it when you're at work? Is it when your mind is occupied? Is it? No. It's when you're lonely. It's when you have time to think on the way home from work. It's, it's when you get up in the morning with nothing to do. When is it you fall into sin? It's not when you're active and your mind is, is doing something. It's when, and this is what he said. He said, and the reason a lot of times we're falling into that because we're not practicing biblical meditation. Because what's this? Biblical meditation was supposed to be at all of those times where your mind is not active. Biblical meditation, it talks about day and night. When is it you worry the most? I guarantee you, most of you are experiencing all kinds of worry at nighttime. And then you wake up the next day, and you've you've messaged your friend a billion texts, and you're like, oh, I actually feel okay now. This morning I'm kind of feeling good. Biblical meditation, so how do you fight? Well, how did Jesus fight in the wilderness? The, the, the fight of the ages, the spiritual fight of the ages was when Jesus came right before his public ministry in the desert. How did Jesus fight? With the word. The Bible says the word is your sword. So, so when you start to feel anxious thoughts about not being worthy, well, what are you fighting with? Just someone's opinion? Just your own opinion? That's not That's not enough. You won't win with just your opinion. You know subconsciously it's not strong enough. It's not deep enough. It's not wide enough. It's not high enough. The words of heaven are found in the scripture. The warfare is one with the word of God. It's your sword. So when, when the enemy whispers that you're not worthy, you say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Full stop. That's it. Over. You meditate on it. You win it. Every time because it's full stop, it's done. It's dusted. We're not repeating. We're not going over the same story. Jesus just said it once for, the wor- for it is written. Done. It is finished. What if we started to obey the word when we feel anxious, when we feel worried, and just full stop? I'm actually going to start praying for some people because that's done with, that's dealt with. I'm not going to waste my time meditating on worry. The grace of God is released when we, when we put the word into practice. Can you get an amen? Does the keys come ahead on back up? See, you cannot serve God in mammon. See, mammon t- tells you to take. And the spirit of God tells you to give. Mammon tells you to be greedy. The spirit of God tells you to be generous. Uh, mammon tells you to hold on the spirit of god tells you to release mammon tells you to trust in money and trust in possession and trust in resource and the spirit of god tells you to trust in god see mom mammon promises what only god can give us it's fake it's your foe it's your enemy Mammon is a liar. It's demonic. It's from the enemy. It's wasting your time. It causes you to sin. It causes you to get stuck. It causes more brokenness in your life. But the Spirit of God brings freedom and brings truth and brings hope and brings brand new life and watch this, as we have seen in the Tower of Babel, as man went his own way to build his own tower, to build his own kingdom, to try and make heaven and create heaven on earth. Evil had become destructive and caused it caused separation between man through through different languages. But listen, the Bible says that that what what the evil meant for, or, or what man meant for evil, God can use for good. Listen, you maybe made mistakes because you've been led by the spirit of mammon in your life. I've been there. And sometimes I might be there again, and I've got to be aware. But I know that even my mistakes, God can use for my good. I know that even the evil and the, the things that I've got wrong, God can, can use it to set up a better day. So that I can be blessed and bless others, that I can't just live for myself. By the spirit of mammon, but I can live for a God given purpose that actually is for eternity. Number four, mammon always over promises and underdelivers. You know, I was just thinking as we we talked about the start of that scripture, and Jesus says you can work you can use your, your worldly wealth and your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. And it goes on to say, then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you. Watch this. They will welcome you to an eternal home. Question. Who's going who's to meet you in your eternal home and say thank you for your generosity and say thank you for, your, for using your gift for the kingdom, and say thank you for sacrificing your time and your talent and your treasure. I, I just think about some of the guys when we were starting the church and we were just we just signed off in the building just over two years ago. And there's people who, who seen in faith and they were planting seeds and they were tithing and they were giving their first and their best and their hand was open and generosity was in their heart and, and they began to set this this resource aside that they could easily have kept for themselves, but they seen something greater. And it was attached to eternity. And I just think to the people who came on our on our launch day and got saved. I think of the Gareth Posnitz who came in on one of the first nights that we had and, and gave his life to Christ. Imagine some of those people when they meet him in heaven and they're welcomed home and saying, Thank you for putting putting God first. Thank you for surrendering your, your earthly wealth and possessions. I'm here because of you. And I think in the third and the, the fourth week and we see some of our life stories today with Laura and, and even Sam and, and Chris and Anna and all these different people and, and all those people who, who, who put god as a priority they will welcome them home into eternity but but listen it's not over who's going to come next week and because of your faithful giving and because of your faithful uh, uh, giving of your talents and your treasure and your time being a part of the dream team are going to thank you when you get to heaven and say thank you i'm here because of you because you, you you faced your fear. Because you faced your past. Because you received the forgiveness that Jesus died for. I'm here because of you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast.